What if I told you that you can design and live the life that you want on your own terms? Would you do it? Would you take a leap into the unknown? Or would you settle for a life of limits? A life of safety but lacking true meaning? Zeph and Moses Blacksburg here, and I'm on a journey to help you ignite your inner passions, let go of your fears, and get more out of life. Will you join me and make this year your year of purpose? Welcome to the Year of Purpose podcast. Hey everyone, Zeph and Blacksburg here for another round of the Year of Purpose podcast. And today I'm joined by Brian Holmes. Now, Brian is the founder and president of the Strategic Living Institute, a life-changing organization dedicated to teaching people to harness the power and potential that God has given them. SLI's mission and method is revolutionary, providing individuals the opportunity and means to receive inner life healing, purpose-specific training and development, and the practical activation necessary to be mobilized as leaders of cultural transformation. Each year, Brian travels extensively, and he just told me he's getting ready to go to Africa, speaking in conferences and leadership forums around the world. He has authored numerous books and curriculums, including the internationally acclaimed The Ties That Bind, a study on identifying and breaking unhealthy connections and soul ties. In addition to his books, Brian has also created numerous video and audio programs which are specifically targeted to unlocking and releasing the full potential of every individual. Brian is a board-certified counselor, a certified facilitator for the Pacific Institute, an author and lecturer, a certified life business and leadership coach, a master coach trainer, and mentor to people in all fields. Brian, welcome to the show. It is an honor to be with you, for real. I'm, I'm really excited about being here with you. Yeah, thanks for taking some time out of your day to be here. Uh, some of the things that I was hoping we could talk about today, you know, are strategic living, uh, developing leaders, and overcoming limiting beliefs. So uh, let's start in this whole limiting belief sector because sure. this is something that prevented me for the longest time of A, taking the leap to quit my job, uh, B, taking the leap into entrepreneurship, and C, just taking a leap into my life because so many of us think that we're living, but when you actually take a step back and look at what's happening, uh, most of us are just kind of settling for what's going on and this sort of wash, rinse, repeat type cycle. So uh, what type of limiting beliefs do we have, for example, the little voice in our head, and how do we start to overcome those? Well, first, let me start by saying that some of us have more than one voice. Yes. <laughs> uh, some of us have about 20 of them going off at all times of the day and night. You know, limiting beliefs is a very powerful concept, and, and, and we're certainly not the first ones to talk about it. Uh, but I, I remember a quote by a great man who passed away a couple of years ago. His name was Lou Tice. He was a pioneer in the uh, self-improvement, positive thinking kind of world. And he said this one time, he said that we act in accordance with the truth as we believe it to be. And the important thing about that for me is, is that if a person believes something that is errant or incorrect or maybe even untrue, if they believe it, it is their truth. Therefore, it's really not, it's not really a bad thing to them. They, they've embraced it as being truth. Therefore, it now governs their behavior, their actions, their decisions, how they view life, their perspective, their perception. And so we are going to behave like the person we believe ourselves to be. And, you know, my experience in my own life, and I think it's true of everyone, we pick up these beliefs 
uh, from the time we're, frankly, infants. And I, I personally believe there's science to, to, to point to the fact that some beliefs are even picked up prenatal. Uh, they're, they're picked up by perception even in the womb as we're being carried by our mother. But the point is, is that as we learn things, as we see things modeled, as we hear words spoken, as we experience certain things in our life, be they tragic or unfortunate or whatever, violent, those things frame what we believe about relationships, about the opposite sex, about finances, about money, about our own ability, our own worth, our own value. And as those beliefs become, and I'll frame this word here, concretized, they become concrete, then they begin to drive us and, and steer us in certain directions. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think there's a quote by, it might be Henry Ford, but it's very similar in that he says, you know, whether or not you believe you're going to succeed or you're going to fail, you're right. And I know I butchered that, but that's probably very close to what he said. And it's interesting that you brought up some of these things that we have from the womb since birth, because uh, I give a talk about overcoming fear. And there's two fears in life that we're actually born with. The first one is loud noises and the second one is falling. So there are certain limiting beliefs that we can be born with. Uh, so when it comes to jumping out of these, I, I think at least in the case of fear, uh, there's, there's two types. There's the fear with this pre preconceived idea that you mentioned where we think that this is how something is going to turn out. We've never experienced it before. We have no clue how it could be. And then there's the other type of fear where an event already happened. You already had a bad experience, so you just kind of guess that that's what's going to happen again. Uh, and so, you know, in my eyes, overcoming fear is either A, realizing that one is just your perception and you really have no clue how it's going to go, so you kind of have to dive in headfirst with a positive attitude. Or B, if you already had a bad experience, you know, let's create a new experience to kind of overwrite that memory in your mind yes. uh, so that that doesn't happen again. Uh, did you ever have growing up, you know, one voice or maybe multiple voices in your head? What were some of the messages that uh, are common that people might be hearing currently? Man, there's so many examples. I'll just go back in my own life and give you one or two. Uh, I grew up in a, a solid home. By solid, I mean my, my parents' relationship was, was solid in that they were pretty old-fashioned. So even if they were having issues, they weren't going to separate because for the sake of the family. Uh, my dad was a hardworking man. He, the only way he knew how to gain self-approval was to just work hard, produce, and provide for the family. And, and so even though he was present physiologically in our home, he wasn't present emotionally because he he just didn't know how to do all that. He wasn't raised by a dad or a mom that knew how to express a lot of that. So growing up, absent in my life was a sense of approval, a sense of, you know, my, my dad's proud of me. Uh, you know, and, and so for me, I was constantly performing, trying to, and not consciously. I'm not going to sit down today, okay, today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to try to impress my dad. But it, it becomes an unconscious second nature activity where we're always trying to to pull on something that's not there, which is this approval factor, for example. And so growing up, that impacted my life as a kid, as a teenager, and then I come into my adult life where we're supposed to really be performing at a high level and functioning at our potential, you know. And because of my need for people's approval, I was self-sabotaging all the time because I believed, getting to the belief, I believed 
that there was something lacking in me because I never had anyone say to me, you have greatness in you. You can do something great with your life. You have so much to offer people, you know. And so that affirmation was never there. Therefore, I was constantly seeking it. And in the seeking, I wasn't finding it. I was actually shooting myself in the foot and, and performing at a much lesser level than my potential. That's one thing. Uh, another thing that I talk about very openly, and I hope this is not uh, too over the top for your, your, your listeners, but uh, I had a very tragic thing happen to me at a very early age in my life where I was uh, molested by someone and then introduced to some things by that same person that, frankly, at 11 years old, derailed my, my, my ability to cope with what normal even was. And that actually followed me. And because of that tragic, very traumatic event in my life, uh, I adopted a number of beliefs about my worth, about my value, uh, about my what attraction people would have to me as a man, as a person. And I had a lot of anger issues, a lot of addictions and different things that, that followed because of that. And it was literally 22 years later, 33, 33 years old, uh, where I finally came to grips with and had a group of people uh, in a program help me to, to lock in on where that all started and what beliefs I had formed. And we had to dismantle them. We had, it was actually the activity of dismantling limiting beliefs. And as you mentioned a moment ago, replacing those with truth. Uh, there's an ancient proverb that says, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. And I had to redo my thinking. I had to get a new perspective on what truth was regarding my worth, my value, the attractiveness of my, my worth and my value. And I had to, to frame it a different way so that I could be the person that I was actually created to be. I was being somebody else. And I was missing the mark. And so uh, that's a couple of examples in my life that have made a huge impact as I finally was able to address those and deal with them honestly and openly. Uh, and then there was some healing. I use the word healing uh, that framed a, a several-year journey. And then coming out of that, I had great new solid beliefs that were formed based on real truth, and I began to build a new life on that. It's very interesting what you just said because, uh, and this is an interesting moment in our podcast for the Year of Purpose podcast, because what I just heard you say almost mirrored one or two of the stories in my head that I have actually not yet released or at least spoken about many times to our audience. Uh, I was in a very, very similar situation growing up with my father. Uh, a lot of the things that I did, it was, it kind of came off as, you know, you get an, a straight A on your report card in school, right? And the response is, well, I bet you can't do it again. There's no, hey, good job, you did amazing this semester, you know, keep it okay. up. It was just, oh, well, you couldn't do that again. And it created this perfectionist mentality that uh, in a good way drove me to do a lot of amazing things growing up. But in a bad way, like you said, it, it leaves you seeking this approval. Uh, so mm -hmm. I definitely resonate with those feelings and having to overcome that. Uh, oddly enough, I had a very similar traumatic experience when I was about 13 years of age as well uh, that was all too familiar to what you just explained there. Uh, I don't know if I've even spoken about this on the podcast yet, but essentially your story mirrors a lot of what happened to me in my life. Uh, and I actually kind of blacked it out of my memory for about seven or eight years 
uh, until one day I realized that the same person who harmed me could potentially harm one of my siblings. Uh, and all of a sudden things came back that uh, I, you know, kind of forgot happened. Uh, so it, it's very interesting to hear you say that because I know that this is all too common for many people, both their relationships with their parents, uh, with family members and traumatic experiences in the past. So thank you for A, having the courage to, to share that with me, but B, uh, reminding me to share that with everyone on the podcast. Um, I know this is a side note from what we were talking about, but I I may have brought this up only once before on the podcast. So uh, for everybody listening, this is an all too familiar situation that I experienced as well. And I hope that you guys will take away some some tips and things from what we talk about next. But so onwards and upwards with this, uh, because I want to end this podcast on a high note eventually. there's something that you talk about called strategic living. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about what that is and how we can live strategically? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, it's the, 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 the phrase strategic living really came to me, and it's, it's nothing new, of course, but it, 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 it came to me in a very real way about seven, eight years ago. Uh, it dawned on me, and I've always been the kind of person who loves to learn. One of my governing values is I am a learner. Uh, and, and as a kid, I would, I would buy self-help programs, personal development programs, and some of the, the legends, Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and some of these guys, you know, uh, Jim Rohn. I, I loved consuming that, that stuff. Uh, but, you know, and, and it, I'm sure it's helped to develop me along the way. But about seven, eight years ago, uh, let me back up. I've been traveling for about 15 years all over the world, 18 countries, speaking in all kinds of venues with all kinds of uh, people groups, and I've made a lot of observations. And my observations are everyone wants to succeed. Everyone wants to do well. Everyone has a deep desire. I believe it's born in us. Uh, it's wired in us, hardwired in us to succeed and do well, make a difference, and to, to have success, whatever that means. Uh, the, the challenge is, is that you, you don't see a lot of people who are experiencing the measure of success that they have the potential to, to experience. And the question that I began to entertain is, why? And the conclusion, one of the conclusions I've come to is, is that uh, most people do not live their lives intentionally. Most of us get into this routine, or I like to call it for short, a rut, where we get up, we do the same thing every day, we tend to settle for whatever life gives us, and we don't really take the time or maybe even hire the help of someone who is a coach or a mentor that can help lead us through the process of discovering who we are, why we're here, what we really have to offer, and then how to frame that in a productive career or vocation or life's work. And so I began to, to look at that, uh, and I decided I'm going to not only live my life strategically, but I'm going to... to be an avid reader, a learner. I'm going to find out what I can about how to best go after this. So out of that process for me came what I call the four cornerstones for strategic living. And uh, it's really, it's, it's four major stages uh, to, to come to that point, but it's also uh, in each of those stages are multiple stages. And basically they are, number one, personal healing, number two, personal discovery, Number three, personal development. Number four, what I call destiny deployment. And so what happens is, is that uh, 
a lot of people maybe have a bead on who they are and why they're here and they, they're off doing something they love to do passionately and they're making good money at it, whatever. My personal opinion is if they haven't done stage one, which is personal healing, at some point in the process, they're going to hit a threshold where their lack of having been healed or dealt with, as you and I have been talking about, these childhood issues or wounds or hurts or disappointments or betrayals or rejection, whatever it may be, not having dealt with that will catch up with us and will at some point derail or certainly inhibit our ability to perform beyond wherever we've come to at that point. Uh, and I could mention, you know, uh, I, I could mention names here that, and that we are very visible, you know, in the entertainment world, uh, in the sports world. Incredible talent, tremendous success, but these unresolved issues in this personal healing area at some point show themselves, and most times it ends in derailing people's career or their success. Uh, the personal discovery part here is very simple. It's, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are my talents, skills, abilities? What, what is my dominant personality style? How did God wire me? What, you know, I, I have a particular personality style, and I, I have come to discover that the way I'm wired, even though it may irritate some people, it's exactly who I have to be because that is what is going to help me to facilitate the things I have to do in my lifetime. You know, these are things that most people never take the time to literally articulate and list out and frame and then look at how do these things touch each other? Where do they overlap? You know, if you were to draw a Venn diagram of personality, style, talent, skills, abilities, passions, dreams, vision, and, and see where they overlap, somewhere in there is what I call the sweet spot. And this personal discovery thing is really the process of coming to a place where you are able to identify the sweet spot and then that moves you to the personal development stage, which is, all right, now that I know what lane I'm supposed to run in, what kind of training, what kind of, I'm going to use a, a, a field, track and field analogy here, but what kind of weightlifting, what kind of training, what kind of practice, what kind of regiment do I need to get involved in to build myself up, to strengthen myself if I need to take on new uh, competencies or new skill sets or learn certain things uh, that I may be an expert in an area what do I need to do to become the best of that that I can be? That's the personal development phase. And then lastly is personal deployment or destiny deployment where we, we're, we've gone through healing, we've gone through discovery, we've, we've been working toward developing our craft, but at some point we have to get off the couch and do something. And, and I find, I don't know about you, but I find, Zephyr, a lot of people, man, that, my gosh, they, they, they're chronic conference attendees. <laughs> They're chronic professional, you know, students, but they never actually get in the game. They never actually suit up, get out there and, and are willing to get hit if necessary to be a part of what's happening in life. And so this deployment thing is about activation. It's about uh, going all in. It's about taking who I am and what I am and what I carry, what I possess and adding value to the world by becoming engaged in what it is that I'm here to do. That's, and, and that's what that, mean, that strategic living means to me. Absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, those people who are the conference goers, uh, do you think maybe they're stuck in this phase of wanting to just develop and grow and they don't even look at this whole phase of like, wait a minute, we have to heal first. Yes. I, I think 
too many people are wanting to skip ahead because you know everybody wants to wave the magic wand, wake up tomorrow morning, and feel amazing. Uh, and so maybe that's why they get stuck in this conference phase. You know, you can read as many books as you want on self-development, but the only way you're going to develop is if you self-develop. You know, you you learn the knowledge, but you have to apply it as well. Yeah, you have to do something. And I, I think it does go back to what we were talking about a while ago, the limiting belief thing. And to me, the only reason why someone who is well-equipped would not engage is because, going back over to stage one here, there's an underlying belief. And by the way, in that personal healing, one of the things we deal with in that section of strategic living is the beliefs, the battle for the mind. And so I, I go back to this where the only person why a person would not engage when they're talented, they're wired for it, they, they've done the homework, they've been trained, they have the competencies, the skill sets, is because there's fear which is always rooted in belief issues. Uh, there's, there's some sort of a self-esteem issue going on, some sort of a, a lack of confidence issue going on, which all goes back to this personal healing piece. And most people want to brush over that and move on. You know, we want to, we want to buy this, this audio program or do this online course or go to this conference because, you know, by gosh, I'm learning, I'm growing. And I'm telling you, I'm a big believer in knowledge. I think it's paramount to, ever, to success. But I, I go back to this thing. If a person doesn't deal with underlying root issues, then one, they will not get engaged, or two, it, once they are engaged, at some point, it, they're going to reach a point that is a cap to them because they've not dealt with this other issue. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I think far too many people are getting stuck here. So uh, what you just shared with us is something that's really going to apply to pretty much all of our listeners. Um, do you have, I know I saw a video on your site you actually just released yesterday about these four cornerstones. I think it was part three. Um, do you have, is there a resource on your website to, for people to look more into this? Should they check out those videos? Yeah, absolutely. We, we do several things on our website. Thanks for mentioning that. Uh, BrianHolmes.com is our website. Just B-R-I-A-N-H-O-L-M-E-S. And uh, basically, uh, I have a podcast called The Strategic Living Podcast. That's uh, released every Friday, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And then also, and those are obviously on our website as well, but I do something called Monday Mastery. Every Monday, I put out a short video clip, and usually I'll do kind of a series around a, a certain thought. And right now, you mentioned that uh, we're in the process of, of putting out the four cornerstones. It's just a five-minute, seven-minute snippet on each of these four cornerstones just to kind of dive a little deeper into those. And uh, the Monday Masteries are available. You can go back and look at the archive of all of them back to probably hundreds of them, I'm sure, at this point. Uh, so, yeah, those are available online for free. I just want to pour into people uh, through the, the wonderful medium of the Internet as much as we can. And then we also have uh, some of our coaching programs and other products that we make available online. But uh, the Monday Mastery piece is something that people tend to love because it's short, it's digestible, but it has, it's high impact. Uh, we just recently did one on transition as well, or maybe that one's coming up. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm going to be doing a series on the navigating life's transitions. And uh, in fact, we're going to be doing a seminar series locally here in Dallas that's going to all be recorded with a th three-camera television uh, setup. We're going to be producing some online courses on the four cornerstones for strategic living and also on transition 
uh, coming up this uh, fall. So be looking for those. Very nice. So there's some great resources already out there right now and some coming up for people to look forward to. Uh, definitely a reason for people to, you know, like, subscribe and follow everything going on on your website. Uh, let me ask you this because, you know, a lot of the times we put out all of this self-help information out there and then people start to question things. So do you think that the ability for everyone to make this type of transformation, this type of change in their life, is something that they were born with and it just requires people like you and I to bring it out of them? Like, do you, do you believe that this is, these are all things that people can do? You can make the change uh, because this is something that came up in another interview of mine is we've got to stop the excuses. You know, there, there's an excuse for everything. everything. And some people want to believe that, oh, this won't work for me or, oh, this won't help me. But, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, are we born with these abilities? That's a great question. Uh, and, and boy, that's, that's right up my alley, too, because uh, my, my personal philosophy and, and very deep belief is that every person ever born is born with a pre-coded destiny for their life. And that destiny is not to be, you know, uh, impoverished. It's not to be, it's not to be, you know, insignificant. It's not to be just another blip on the radar. I believe each of us have a specific assignment in our lifetime. And I believe all of us are born with the DNA that is greatness. I really believe that potential is there. And I could go into my, my reasoning behind that. But I will say to you that it's much easier, and our culture, by the way, feeds this, this dysfunction you just described. Uh, we are taught from the time we we're very little kids how to make excuses, how to dismiss responsibility. I've never ever, and I'm 48 years old now, and I've never seen a time in my life where our young people are so dismissive of personal accountability, personal responsibility, even, in, even the adults. It's always somebody else's fault, somebody else's to blame, and no one wants to really look at, as Michael Jackson said, the man in the mirror and just say, look, what, what is it that I need to do to get where it is that I have the potential to be? And, and I tell you what, I believe every person has great potential, and yes, I believe every person can change. I, I know, like you and I, for example, we can't necessarily change what happened to us. No way we can go back and change that. I, I can't go back and change now the mistakes, some of the tragic mistakes that I made as a result of my messed up beliefs and my heart being so broken and messed up as a kid. I, I can't change the, people, uh, the, the moments where I hurt other people because I was hurting. I can't change that. But I absolutely can gravitate back toward and work back toward the potential that God put in me when I was born in this earth. And so I, I think it's a matter of will. It's a matter of deciding it's a matter of, of saying, you know what, I, I'm, and this comes down to, honestly, if you might, and I don't want to wax religious here, and I don't think faith is a religious thing. I think it comes down to faith. Can I, without seeing presently what could be out there, can I believe in it? Can I actually, in my imagination, go into my future and envision something that I'm not presently experiencing in my life, but envision it as if it's presently with me and I'm experiencing it right now. Can I exercise faith in a future that I'm not right now manifesting? And I really believe that people have to decide, I will have whatever it is I'm destined to have. I will be whoever it is I'm destined to be. And once that decision is made, I believe there's a power that comes from within us that drives us to 
uh, discipline, motivation, and these types of things to go after, you know, whatever courses, whatever coaching, whatever counseling we need to break free from limiting cycles and to, again, begin that process of becoming. You, you brought up a good point there because athletes actually do this all the time, and I'm sure you've probably seen this, but, you know, weightlifters, before they're going in to break a world record, they're standing there envisioning themselves having already broken it. So they're going into that lift with the feelings and all the emotions of what that glory feels like, and all athletes are doing this, and I think that... Uh, just like you said, it comes down to making a decision. You and I have, don't have any magical powers that have placed us anywhere different in life other than the fact that we decided what it was that we wanted and we went after it. And, and I think that uh, you, there was another good point you brought up, and this reminds me back to when I was a teenager. Uh, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with uh, panic and anxiety disorder, mm. uh, bipolar manic depression, uh, on top of it, I had parental separation anxiety disorder. I love they, all, these, all these wonderful acronyms and disorders that people love to label us with. Yeah, and on top of it, you know, they were like, oh, surprise, you have a learning disability. Uh, I call it, I didn't care about what they were trying to teach me. And, uh, and, you know, on top of it, they said I needed glasses. So what I've changed, though, is instead of saying, oh, I was diagnosed with a, B, and C, I say I was labeled with because there you go. the truth of the matter is if you met me on the street today, you would have never known that I had debilitating panic attacks that left me bedridden. You would yeah. have never known that I could have mood swings where five minutes ago I'm the happiest person on earth and then now I want to put my face through a wall. You know, yeah. and, and it's obviously, uh, I, I'm not medicated anymore. I haven't been in nearly 10 years. Uh, so it's, you wouldn't even notice anymore. And I think that we make this mistake of a diagnosis as opposed to a label and people label. accept this diagnosis as their truth. Going back to how we started this is if you accept it as your truth, then so it is. It, I listen to a lot of success programs and different audio programs. And one of the key strings I've seen throughout that is that, uh, you will never see a tremendously successful person that we look up to who gives a rip about what anybody thinks about them. And that's not to say they're dismissive and wanting people's appreciation and their respect. That's not the deal. It's just that I, I will not allow anyone, doctor, friend, coworker, men, anybody, coach, I won't allow anybody to label me and tell me who I am because they, one, did not create me. Two, they do not decide what my outcomes are. And three, at the end of the day, they, I, I, unless I give them permission to name me, then they have no right to put on me a label. Because here's the thing. People have an innate desire to explain everything. And they will create whack explanations about the, the craziest things just so consciously they can think they have it together and they know what's going on. Because that's how we avoid insanity. We have to be able to frame something in order to avoid being insane or frustrated or whacked out about something. And, and people do that with other people. Uh, by, by someone labeling you, what it does is it explains away any accountability or responsibility you have to deal with the issue. Well, he's ADDHD, or he's manic depressant, or he's whatever. And so all of a sudden now it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just that. So, hey, Sarah, is, you know, that, that, so much for that dream, so much for me being that guy, so much for me having success, because now I'm this, because somebody said I'm this. 
Well, I, I have a friend of mine in Texarkana, Texas, right at the border of Arkansas and Texas. And I'll, I'll never forget being in a meeting with him one time. And he, he said something that I have borrowed a thousand times. I should just stop giving him credit for it. It's fine now. But he said, he said, I don't have the words to express to you. I just don't, I don't have the vocabulary, the words, the, the knowledge base to explain to you how much I don't care. <laughs> and that's, I've adopted that attitude. I'm like, I, you know, here's the thing. If people completely understand me, it means I'm not making progress. If, if people have figured me out and been able to, to for, put me in a box, that means that I have stopped growing. And that means that I have given up. I have, I've just become stationary and stagnant, and therefore they've been able to say, oh, put, put a label on that, he's done. And I'm telling you right now, I, I don't want to stop moving long enough for people to have time to label me. I want to keep them on their toes. I want to, they're thinking, what is this guy doing? Just keep watching because I'm going to keep doing other things. I'm going to keep growing and moving and, and adapting and, and building myself up and becoming more of what I can be. It's funny you say that. I kind of have this secret goal in mind where uh, I think that when I left my job, I, I told my mom I was going to be an entrepreneur and start this company. First of all, she, she, had, she freaked out. Probably the out. wrong person to talk to about that right up front. Yeah. <laughs> first, first she freaked out, but... But here I am two years later, and she still has no idea really what I do. She just knows that I can afford the rent, and I can go food shopping every week, there and that go. I get to go on nice vacations, and I'm not broke. <laughs> there you go. And I think that we have to kind of come to terms with uh, people around us are not going to understand us, and that's okay because, like you said, that means we're always moving forward, uh, and we're always changing for the better. So. Let's bring this full circle. Let's round this out uh, real quick. If we could give everyone three action steps on, you know, if they're stuck, if they have limiting beliefs, uh, if they're at that point where, you know, they're, they're in that conference cycle, conference after conference, self-help book after self-help book, uh, what are three solid action steps that everyone should do right now? Great question. Well, I can think of about 10, but let me whittle it down to three. Uh, I think first and foremost, a person must be willing to be honest with themselves. And that is an action. That is a decision that must be made. And that then, from the time they've made that decision, the second step is, I would recommend you separate yourself from whatever you do every day. T take a retreat away somewhere for a weekend. Go somewhere. Go camping. Go get a hotel room. Go do something. Well, turn the TV off. But get alone and evaluate your life in these areas. Am I financially where I want to be? If not, why? Are my relationships in my life, are they meaningful? Are they, are they adding value to me? Am I, am I happy with the, the, the way these relationships are presently working themselves out? If, if not, why? And the third thing, the question that I ask in this evaluation process is, uh, am I, am I, do I really believe that I have maxed out my potential, is where I am today in this stuck place, is this the best I can do? If not, why? And man, you work on those questions from an honest place deep in your heart until you have answers you know are coming from inside. And that will, I think, move you. The third thing that I would say for people to do is to get a coach or a mentor or someone who can take that evaluation that you've made, that self-evaluation, and help you to navigate now how to get unstuck. 
I don't know anybody who's successful that doesn't have a coach. I don't know anybody. Uh, everybody that I know has somebody speaking into their life, speaking the truth to them, even when it hurts, telling them, hey, man, that, that's crazy. You need, to, you need to figure out what your attitude is because that's, that's going to keep you off track. I need people like that in my life, and uh, I believe every great leader does. I think that's perfect advice. Uh, let's wrap things up real quick again. What were uh, the websites, the web address for people to come and see what you're doing to get access to uh, the strategic living videos and to kind of follow what's going on with you? You bet. BrianHolmes.com, B-R-I-A-N-H-O-L-M-E-S.com. Uh, you can find our Monday Mastery videos there, our weekly podcast there. Certainly you can subscribe to those in iTunes. Uh, and then also you'll find our blog post and various resources, our, our speaking schedule. Everything is in one place, very easy to find. And uh, I certainly invite all your listeners to connect with us. And we, uh, we do a whole lot more free re resources than we do paid ones. And I just I love pouring into people's lives and, and seeing people become all that they can be. Brian, it's been great talking to you today. When do you leave? You're heading out to Africa for speaking engagements, right? Yeah, this will be my second trip to Africa this year. I've been about, this will be my 30th trip to Africa in the last 16 or 17 years. Wow. And uh, I'm going to be in Zambia and Zimbabwe. I'll also be spending a day or two in Dubai doing some speaking there uh, as I'm traveling through and, and back through. And then, uh, but I leave end of July. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. And uh, in between now and then, I've got about four or five other uh, speaking engagements and trips. So we're, we're moving a lot. Very nice. Well, if you guys listening are in any of those areas, because I know that we are all across the world right now, sure. uh, definitely check out Brian's website to see where he's speaking. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for being here today, and I'm sure we'll definitely stay in touch, and we'll talk yes. to you soon. My privilege. Thank you for what you're doing, man. You're making a great difference online, and I really admire what you're doing out there. All right. See you soon. You've probably heard me talk about designing a life that you actually want to live. You might have even heard about my travels or experiences and thought to yourself, yeah, I do want to do that. Eventually, someday I'll probably do it. And my guess is that you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. So I want to tell you this, stop thinking. Your time is right now. You don't need any more time. You don't need any more info. You don't need to keep putting it off and planning for the perfect time because the truth of the matter is this. You could be the person who sits around and thinks about living a better life, or you can be the person that decides that today is the day that you're going to actually do it, and I want that for you. Because you already have what it takes. You've got a fire inside. Even if you can't see it right now, it's lit, but you need to open yourself up to the possibilities and throw a couple logs into the flames. So join me and the Your Purpose tribe by subscribing to our YouTube channel and iTunes podcast. And if you really like us, please leave a review. This is Effin Moses Blacksburg, and I can't wait to see you again on the Year of Purpose podcast.